All right. Welcome, everybody, back to the Ball Hawks podcast. That was my best uh, announcer voice. What, how did I do, Chris? Uh, what are we grading it on? Um, out of seven, Professionalism. I, give, I give you a three and a half out of seven. Yeah, that's a pass. Here we go. Uh, we are on episode 15. I'm going to give you the, the shout out here. The Jermaine Kearse episode. Your your favorite, your guy that always pops up on your screen uh, when you don't want it to, followed by some swear words. Uh, <laughs> this happens every week. Um, we are, like I said, on episode 15. We are part of the Dean Blundell Network. There it is. Chris put his, uh, his little screensaver up there. Um, we are... Now officially, I guess, bloggers and podcasters on the Dean Blundell Network. So uh, the podcast is up there. You can find all of our episodes um, there. You can find them on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts from. Uh, You can also check out any of our blog posts that we have up on the Dean Blundell Network. Chris is saving his for a really good one, I heard. Um, I'm up to two, so you can check those out. Tell me how poor my writing is for an English teacher. Um, you heard him here. He is joined for a Ballhawks podcast record 15th episode in a row. He loves black coffee because it makes him feel tough. He is Christopher Jiminy Cricket Phillips today. What's happening, my dude? Hey, Steve. Uh, and um, I'm, I'm definitely saving up that blog for something really, really special. Uh, I mean, you're the English teacher. I'm the guy that failed English twice. So I don't know if uh, I, don't, I don't know whose uh, writing is going to be worse, but maybe I'll get you to proofread mine to at least make sure I know how to spell <laughs> properly. I is uh, Chris. <laughs> this is blog <laughs> by Chris. <laughs> and uh and just uh, not black coffee is the only way to drink coffee it has nothing to do with manliness or being tough it's just tastes better yeah i've never been able to get there i've had it a couple times usually when i'm out hunting and i forgot to bring some sort of additive for my coffee it's not the worst i guess my palate is just not there for it probably something like when you have your first uh ipa and you can't really get past uh the hoppiness of it part of what got me drinking uh black coffee is actually speaking of beers um the dark coffee stouts and Mm. and those i'm like well if i like a stout like why wouldn't I like black coffee? And it's not like I just switch from going, you know, through the drive through like, yeah, I'll get a double-double to just being like, nope, cut it off. I want black coffee from this point forward. It was like, okay, like, go two creams, one sugar. Go one and one. Now cut the sugar entirely. Now, okay, let's try without the cream. And so it was, it, it was definitely a, a, a process. It wasn't just like I woke up one day as like, drinking, I'm drinking black coffee and that's it. Like, I am man. Hear me roar. <laughs> so for everybody listening, uh, you can go check. out. I think I posted it from my Facebook or sorry, my uh, Twitter account. Um, how do you like your meat cooked? How do you like your toast 
uh, toasted, I guess would be the right verb to use there. And how do you like your coffee from black to uh, quad quad, basically? Black uh, to milk. And basically, I said anybody who uh, starts it off with anything other than a medium rare steak, uh, you, you might as well just stop typing at that point. Everything else is kind of negotiable, I guess. Um, so you can find that um, on my Twitter at ssfisher87. You can find the podcast at ballhawks underscore pod. And you can find Chris at Phillips, Chris 12. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, and like we said earlier, the Dean Blundell Network. Um, before we jump into it, Chris, I, I know this kind of is like recent news, but did you see uh, our, our uh, or I don't know if I say our buddy, a uh, friend of the show, though, definitely Chad Ochocinco Johnson getting a, a little bit of rough and tumble in the ring? I, I saw something about that, yeah. Um, right, what was that, an hour ago, I guess that happened? Yeah, um, something he, like that. He stepped in the ring, tried out boxing, um, got uh, got knocked down. I, I don't know if there was, if they had judges or if there was winners or losers, but he, I mean, he didn't do well, but uh, but he did it, and good for him. Uh, yeah, he's, I, I know he, he's 43 he, years old. Yeah, he he said he's like I just did this because I wanted to. A lot of people are too too afraid to just go out and uh, and and live their life. He's like too many people are living and they're not living their life, um, and so he just wanted to give it a try. Yeah, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Like I couldn't do it. I'm trying to think in like ten years getting into a ring for an exhibition boxing match versus somebody who probably knows what they're actually doing. Um, yeah, good for him. That's uh, even, even though he got knocked down and he's probably going to, you know, get teased by some of his buddies. Like I think he said it, it was like his bucket, one of his bucket list things uh, that, that he wanted to do. Um, before we jump into football stuff too, we want to chat about something that kind of took off a little bit earlier in the week. I think it was, I want to say Tuesday the news came out. Um, tennis star Naomi Osaka opted out of the French o- French Open uh, because she was having some, I guess, heart anxiety, feeling super uncomfortable, wasn't in a good place because of media relations. And she did not want to be kind of like the the distraction of the tournament, even though we all know it, you know, the media runs with these kinds of things. But so I asked a question on Twitter that that got a lot of really good responses. So thanks to you guys that responded. And it said, should it be mandatory for professional athletes to talk with the media? What what do you think, Chris? I, uh, I, I did see your tweet there and I, purposely didn't reply because I thought this, this would be a good uh, conversation to have on here. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I, I totally, I mean, I don't want to make light of Naomi Osaka's uh, mental health struggles and how the uh, answering to the media uh, does not help with that situation. But and I, I hate to go here, 
but they do make a lot of money. And part of the reason why they make that money is to promote their sport. Without the promotion, you don't have the viewers. If you don't have the viewers, you don't have the TV contracts. You don't have the TV contracts. You don't have the contract that you're getting to play the sport that you're playing. Um, so, yeah, un- un- unfortunately, I-, I do think that it should be manda- mandatory. And I was actually listening to another uh, podcast, a uh, friend of the show's, uh, the Trust the Process guys, and uh, Jordan Bowman on on their podcast um I think they might have been talking about this this scenario as well. And he related it to um, actors and the amount of money that they get paid to be in these, you know, blockbuster movies. And it's not so much for the work that they do on the set of actually filming the movie. It's for all the promotional BS that they have to do after the fact of, you know, touring the world, going on talk shows, uh, doing, you know, whatever uh, they, they are contract contractually obligated to do um, to promote the movie. And I, you know, relate it back to, to the sports and the money that they're making. Again, part of the money that they're making is is because of the promotional um, again, BS that they have to do. And again, I don't want to take away from her mental health, but if, if, if you don't want to do it and you really don't like doing it, pull a Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here. Mm-hmm. So I don't get fined. Yeah. I was actually going to go there next You're You seem to be in the minority for saying, yes, they should. And, the, and that's great. This is why I opened the question up on Twitter. I think it, um, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be really thought about before, personally i can even make a decision so our our guy uh chris roy who follows our podcast um he had kind of like that same counter argument he was like no because you get these generic answers and so if part of it is promoting then why do you want generic answers um so his i guess kind of solution was he doesn't think it should be mandatory but maybe having incentives for doing media stuff on top of that. Um, And then he follows it up by saying, maybe we'll see some more personality, which I I thought was a really kind of insightful response in terms of, um, like you said, we don't want to make light of somebody's mental health. I think because they are superstar athletes, we just forget that they're human beings as well. And um, if she is struggling with it like no i i don't think they should have to do mandatory stuff all the time but um you know it's that double-edged sword right how do you keep the business flowing with also protecting the person and i think that's where uh this kind of debate is is sort of stuck at right now it i mean i i understand not wanting the generic answers um but at the same time how popular how famous is the i'm just here so i don't get fined <laughs> right everybody knows that everybody if, if you hear i'm just here so i don't get fined everyone knows who says that everyone remembers when that happened so i mean even though he didn't want to do the the media rounds at super bowl week that year um, he did it. He created a very famous soundbite that people still talk about to this day. So he did his job. He promoted his sport. 
right? Um, I, I guess it, the the only way that thing actually becomes famous, though, is that if everybody else pulls their weight and does their normal media obligations, because if everybody just did, uh, no, I'm just here so I don't get fined, like that's not going to promote anything because it was such a like unique, wow, what the hell is Marshawn Lynch doing? Uh, it became that. So think about like, you know, there's the classic hockey interview, right? Where it's like, yeah, you know what? We, uh, you know, we got our sticks on the ice. We, we, we were really pushing the puck. Uh, we got a few bounces go our way, and uh, you know, we're look, we're looking to the next practice, right? Does that, does that actually promote anything? No, it's just the same thing the other guy said and the guy before him said that. And um, yeah, I don't know about this because I, I see the business end of it, like. Y- if you want to get paid and you want to grow the sport, which are linked together, you need to promote the the sport, the people, the players, the games. But how is is there a different way you could do that? Maybe. I mean, you're going to have the guys that and girls, uh, excuse me, that like to do it. And you're going to have the ones that don't like to do it. But unfortunately, the ones that don't like having to do it, again, it, it's it's part of your job. It's your job. There's a lot of things at my job that I don't like doing, but I do them because that's how I get paid. And again, not to you know, equate my job to a professional athlete having to answer to the media day in and day out. Um but it, it's just it, it's that's that's part of it. I was, I was actually talking about, um, you know, this with another parent at, at school drop off the other the other day where she was having issues, um, you know, with her son at, at, at school and saying, well, I don't like to do this and I don't like to do that. And she kind of did, you know, broke it down for him in the same manner. Like there's a lot of things that I don't like to do in life either. But this is just this is a fact of life. This is the path that you have chosen. Um, and therefore, this this part of of this career path is is part of it. Um, I mean, I just I, I I see your your point as well. Yeah, if if everybody showed up and says I'm just here <laughs> so I don't get fined, yeah, that that's probably not doing a good job of um, promoting the sport. But at the same time, you're not going to get that because there are going to be those guys that do enjoy it that do want to. Um, answer that maybe aren't as i would say even keeled as marshawn was that day um <laughs> that you know if you say something you're going to get a rise out of that person um i don't know if you saw venus williams quote uh what what she said when she was asked about it uh mm-hmm. she said for me personally how i deal with it was that i know every single person asking me a question can't play as well as i can and <laughs> never and never will so no matter what you say or what you write you'll never light a candle to me that's how i deal with it um which that's so good, badass it, right like good for her um it, again i know not everybody's going to have that same mentality um, but that is almost how you should approach the media. Like there's a reason that this guy sitting in media row with a recorder hooked up to a cell phone and you're the person behind the table answering all the questions, right? Yeah, that that's probably a really good way to approach it is just that 
super confident. I, I, I do wonder about, you know, if somebody's in a bad mental state, like it is tougher to be confident. Um, we'll, we'll leave that one there. Um, I'm going to repost it on, uh, on the ball Hawks page and, uh, hopefully you guys get on there and, uh, give us a couple opinions, what you like, what you don't like. Maybe if you have any potential solutions to it or like what a good, like even, uh, middle ground of this argument would be, we'd love to hear from it. Um, Okay, so the big news, obviously, that landed today, we were kind of like, what should we talk about on the podcast? And then, bam, it happened. Julio Jones has reportedly been traded to the Tennessee Titans. And when you, when I had a buddy of mine uh, send that to me this morning, I was like, ah, no. Um, so... The the report earlier this morning was that uh, Julio Jones was going to be traded to the Falcons. The Falcons get a 2022 second rounder, a 2023 fourth rounder, and then the Titans get Julio Jones and a sixth rounder in 2023. Plus, it was also reported that uh, the Titans are taking all of Julio Jones's $15.3 million uh, cap hit for this year and then just before we came on I was uh, browsing through some tweets and I can't remember who sent it out uh, my apologies for that but the reason I guess why it hasn't been finalized quite yet is because there's talks about uh, will it be that trade the second the fourth for Julio and a sixth or is it going to be a uh, 2022 second rounder and a 2023 fifth rounder um, for just Julio. And then there wouldn't be a sixth round pick coming back. But it looks like this is kind of uh, a locked in deal. I'm always nervous about saying like this is like a for sure trade because it hasn't been announced and made official. But it looks like that's the trade. The other thing was the Falcons are going to have $7.75 million in dead money this year, but they will be allowed or able, I should say, to sign their rookie class. What was your, I guess, instant reaction to it, Chris? Um, it, I, I, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, no, it was because you took the, the field. What's that? Because you took the well, field last episode, so you were right. I, I, I did say he was going to go to the Titans. Um, <laughs> I, I said he's not going to either one of our teams. I think he ends up in Tennessee. Um, but I, I I mean, that was what everybody was reporting, yeah. was that the Titans were the favorites to land him. Uh, we all know A.J. Brown was doing his damnedest to uh, make a push for him uh, and make it clear that he wanted Julio in Tennessee. Um, there was also reports that Atlanta wanted Julio out of the NFC. If they were going to trade him, they wanted to trade him to the AFC. Um, and then of course you're, you're mentioning his contract and how the Titans took on the, the whole thing. Uh, that was another kind of caveat for the Falcons was that, uh, they didn't want to, I mean, they weren't in a position to retain any salary. So they found a team 
in the in the uh, other conference willing to take on the whole contract. They got a return that they were happy with, which, again, a second-round pick is kind of what we were all hearing. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just kind of like, okay, like, it's it's just one of those things, that, right? Where like, I mean, it, it had been rumored. He had the phone call with Shannon Sharp. Like, yes, I'm out. I want to go to a, a you know, I want to go win. Um, so it was just like, it, it was one of those inevitable things. I was just like, okay, like this, the saga is over. Like, okay. Yeah. We were, cool. we were kind of guessing when it would happen. Cause it seemed like every episode we were dropping was like, okay, there's more news on Julio, but it's kind of just what will happen and when will happen, will it happen? Um, so yeah, I was kind of the same way. Obviously I didn't want him to go to, you know, a rival of the Ravens right now, um, who, to me are contenders and uh, this makes them much more dangerous. Um, I, I won't give too much away because I did write a blog about it. So if you guys want to go check out my blog titled are the Titans Super Bowl contenders on Dean Blundell network, definitely do that. But um, I guess that's where I would go next for you, Chris is does this make them a legitimate Super Bowl contender? Or are they more of a pretender still? I don't see how it doesn't. Um, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, Julio Jones. Uh, who do you stop? Yeah. Who do you, who do you key in on? Um, I mean, you can't double both those guys. You can't stack the box. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it definitely does. I mean, I was talking to... Uh, to christian our uh our, our buddy the the titans fan there and uh we were talking about it and i mean of course he's super pumped up and he's a little nervous he's he's like it's, it's okay he's like i'm a titans fan i'm expecting like okay it's cool we got julio jones but someone's gonna blow a knee out in training camp or something like that <laughs> um and, and we were talking about you know the 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 defense the defense was not very good last year um have they done enough this off season to improve uh, sure, they got uh, Bud Dupree. Um, they drafted Caleb Farley, which if he can stay healthy, that's, I mean, that could very well be the steal of the first round if he can stay healthy. Um, but even then, if their defense is no better than it was last year, are you confident going into a shootout against that team? Yeah, so... Okay, I wasn't going to give away what I wrote in my blog, but this just fits too perfectly. That is exactly how I ended it, was if this defense is even remotely effective, it doesn't have to be good. It's kind of like they're they're looking at what Kansas City is doing across the way, and they're saying, hey, we, we could do that. Like, that wouldn't be too hard. And I think, like... Like, this off... I don't think anybody's debating whether this offense is scary. Like, you've got a powerhouse superstar running back. You've got Ryan Tannehill, who looks like he's reinvigorated his career. Two big outside weapons. By the way, they've had that, except for Julio is an instant upgrade over Corey Davis. Um, they're also getting this guy back. His name's Taylor Lewan, kind of a friend of the show. Um, probably a top five left tackle in the league when he's healthy. He blew out his ACL in, I think it was... Oh, I even wrote this earlier today. I think it was October. Um, and then they also 
uh, drafted Dylan Radunes to go along with like Ben Jones. Uh, I think they have Roger Saffold as well. Like that's going to be a just complete offensive team. And so if the defense, like you said, they got Caleb Farley, uh, they, they brought in Bud Dupree, they brought in Janorius Jenkins. Um, they still have a couple weapons on that defense. Like they still have Jeffrey Simmons. They still have Harold Landry, Rashawn Evans, Kevin Byard. Like they, I think they underwhelmed themselves last year, which is a little scary. Cause like you said, even if they're par the course in being a crappy defense next year, they're instantly better. And this is a team that was one score away from beating the Ravens and moving on. And again, any given Sunday, who knows what happens if they beat the Ravens? Yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, last week we are doing our way too early record predictions, and I had the Seahawks beating the Titans uh, week two in Seattle. Um, if we were doing that prediction this week, I don't know if I'm taking the Seahawks to win that game. That, it, it's uh, a legitimate I, question that you have to ask yourself now. Yeah, no, that guy, that that game makes me nervous now. I mean, Bobby Wagner will still shut down Derrick Henry, but <laughs> AJ Brown and Julio Jones uh, is is terrifying. It's a pick your poison thing, right? Yeah, and I, I can't and, remember who tweeted and, it out saying like, you know, Julio and AJ are going to like steal your your cornerbacks' lunch money or something like that. To which, of course, Ravens fans were like, ah, no way. Like, do you know who we have? Which is true. Like, if there's a team that's built to beat that type of an offense, um, it is Baltimore. But still, like, they're going to get their yards. They're going to dominate. Um, You just hope to slow them down or catch them on a bad day, essentially. That's the other thing that always makes me laugh about these um I guess call it a blockbuster trade or, or really any trade that happens in the league, right? I mean, it, it, it comes out, all the teams that are interested, all the teams that have inquired, all the teams that have maybe even made an offer. Um, and then, you know, uh, at, at, at the end of the day, when you're, you know, cleaning up all of the, uh, all of the dog poo, uh, what, what one team comes, comes out with, with their hand held high, right? Yeah, and it's revealed what what they uh, what they traded to acquire Julio Jones, and I I mean of course I I'm I follow quite a few Seahawks people and seeing all the people I'm like I can't believe John Schneider wouldn't do this. He <laughs> traded two first round picks for Jamal Adams. He's done this. He's done that. And I can't believe he wouldn't pay that price for Julio. And I just I always get a kick out of those sort of things. It's like there's so much more that goes into it than. John Schneider wouldn't pay this price. Like I said, the Falcons didn't want him in the NFC. The Falcons didn't want to retain any salary. Well, if the Seahawks were going to trade for him, I mean, the Seahawks have their own salary cap issues as well. So you know that if they were going to make the move for Julio, that they were would be pushing for the Falcons to retain salary. So it's just... Yes, on paper, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe John Schneider didn't do this. But there's so much going on behind the scenes that we just, as um, the armchair GMs, don't understand. It's so funny that you say that because I was thinking today how 
I might actually stop going on Twitter when there's a blockbuster thing involving either my team or when my team is, I guess, rumored to be in it, whether whether they actually were or not. Um, unless Eric DaCosta tells me they were or comes out and says they were, um, I leave speculation for speculators. Uh, but the overreaction, I think we talked about this when we had uh, Sarah Ellison on, how people just like are so quick to blow up being like, like you said, oh my gosh, uh, just a second and a fourth. And then you go back and read some of their previous tweets and it's like, oh, you'd be lucky if you got a second and a fourth for that. Or they might say like, um, one of my favorite ones that I saw today was uh, someone had posted can we please get Julio make this happen, come to Baltimore. And then this same individual tweets out good. We didn't want you anyways. No chance we would have paid that for a bum like you kind of thing. Like the flip flopping on Twitter is just comical. Like I'm not sure if these are people intentionally trying to get a rise out of somebody or if they're just 12 years old i'm not really 100 percent sure but i i think i might take a hiatus from twitter when um things like this happen and my team is involved in the talks potentially a i don't believe you and two um I, I like I said to uh, to Andrew I, I I think you saw it on Facebook there where you know he had made made comment about um, the Seahawks being the odds makers favorites to land Julio yeah. and I said yeah I saw that but me saying he's not going to Seattle might just be a coping mechanism and uh, and that could be why I'm not reacting like a lot of other people did I mean you you remember how I reacted when Seattle didn't get rodney hudson um (laughs) it's like our children having a temper tantrum kicking their feet yeah that one i had fully expected the seahawks to pull the trigger on this one i pulled out my coping mechanisms and said (laughs) nah no i don't see it happening which i mean it wasn't just a coping mechanism i truly didn't believe he was gonna end up in seattle um but I, I, I guess that aspect of it helps too, right? Is I, I didn't get my hopes up. Yeah, I think I said the same thing uh, during free agency when I was on holidays there and the Kenny Galladay sweepstakes were happening. I was like, I'm not going to let this get to me. And then five minutes later, I was like, okay, Payne, I'm ready for you to do your magic if this doesn't happen. Let's go all in. <laughs> it, it makes it fun sometimes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, here's another fun, interesting topic for, uh, way too early predictions and, um, I guess things that we talk about in the off season. Uh, I sent you a link to the athletic where they had the way too early MVP odds and they tiered them into three different tiers and so i'll read these out since you guys can't see what they are uh in the no chance tier we have deshaun watson at 50 to 1 baker mayfield 40 to 1 carson wentz 30 to 1 Tannehill 30 to 1 that probably changes now maybe a little bit uh justin herbert 30 to 1 derrick henry 25 to 1 and christian mccaffrey at 25 to 1 do you like any of those guys chris uh, like you said, Tannehill's odds 
path to have changed with now having AJ Brown uh, and Julio there, plus Derrick Henry. Um, I mean, if, if the Titans are successful, uh, typically that success is uh, given to the quarterback, just like if, if a team's not successful, that blame is placed on the quarterback. Um, so of that no chance list, I, I would have to say Tannehill's odds have to be better uh, after the trade today. Isn't it funny Deshaun Watson is still 50 to 1? Like, we don't even know if Deshaun Watson is ever going to see a football field again, yet he has better odds than probably a lot of other people that I would uh, put much higher than than him. The, um, the one that really shocked me on that list was Carson Wentz, 30 to 1. Say, <laughs> like, if there was ever a worse pick to get bad odds on, uh, I haven't seen it yet. The one I yeah. like from there is actually Justin Herbert. You know, a strong rookie campaign. Um, do I see enough of him to win an MVP? Probably not yet, but that's probably why you're getting 30 to 1 odds. Um, the next tier is the live dogs. I don't know why they went backwards on this, but they did. Uh, George Kittle. Uh, who is running the tight end university right now, I believe. Uh, he's got 150 to 1 odds. We got Saquon Barkley coming back off of his injury at 100 to 1. We've got Aaron Donald at 100 to 1 and Derek Carr at 50 to 1. Any of those, would you even put a dollar on any of those? Aaron Donald, probably. Yeah. he He's the only guy that non-quarterback that I could see winning league MVP. I mean, he's won uh, defensive play of the year. How many times? Like, I want to say at least three times. Um, he's he's the, the, the one guy that I could see becoming the first league MVP since LT did it, uh, you know, 30 years ago or however long ago it was. Would you take Aaron Donald over Carson Wentz? Yeah. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Colts fans. Didn't even have to hesitate on that one. Sorry, not sorry, Colts fans. Like, if you're going to give me 100 to 1 odds on who I consider the... Maybe maybe not even maybe. Probably a for sure greatest defensive tackle of all time. Like, he is such a dominant force at 100 to 1... Sign me up. Like, yeah, it, if there's it, a guy on the defensive side, that that's a really smart pick. I wouldn't even say defensive tackle. Like, when Aaron Donald, when all is said and done, Aaron Donald will be known as the best defensive player in the NFL of all time. Wow. Wow. That's, uh, that's pretty, that's a good hot take. Finally, you did one. You did it. <laughs> um, I, I think you have a lot of merit for that pick. I, I'm i always hesitant on the recency bias. And I know, like, I know if you look at his resume and what he's done, um, it's absolutely unbelievable. I feel like there's always that debate if you don't win a Super Bowl, even as a defensive player, can you really get there? Um, that's probably a conversation for another time, but, uh, I, I, li- I like that pick. 
Um, and then we have the last tier, the favorites. So we'll go from the bottom. We got your boy, Russell Wilson, at 20 to 1 odds. Tied with Dak Prescott, 20 to 1 odds. Uh, we got the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, 16 to 1 odds. We've got my guy, Lamar Jackson, 14 to 1. Uh, we've got Josh Allen, 12 to 1. The current MVP at 8 to 1. And then Patrick Mahomes at 5 to 1. Who do you like there? Well, we know you like Russell Wilson there. Would you pick him over the others? Um, first, before I guess I before I give my favorite, has it has a player ever won NFL MVP and comeback player of the year in the same season? Like you have two guys there because you had, you had a guy in the in the last tier there as well. So Dak Prescott and Saquon Barkley, who both have odds to win MVP, but could also also both very easily. Uh, win comeback player of the year which i know adrian honestly, peterson almost did it don't you remember when he, he, when he, he almost broke the the rushing record and he everyone was like oh, well of course he's gonna win comeback player of the year um and almost won an nfl mvp i would say that's probably the closest one or at least the only one that i can think of and honestly he sh- he probably should have yeah yeah he's um, so close to that yeah it uh, that, that, that's a, a great callback because I, I I did forget about that. But um, it's uh, man like of that. I mean, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes. Like, let's be real. He is the best player in the league right now. Um, all due respect to our guys, Lamar and Russ. Um, nobody is as good as Pat Mahomes is right now. So it, it's really hard to bet against him. Um so if I gave you almost double the odds with the current MVP, which would say that he's actually the best player in the NFL right now at eight to one odds. Like I think about like if Rogers puts up another season like he did, have, have we had back to back NFL MVPs? Like I'm just trying to think if that's ever happened. Uh. I actually have it up right here. Right, the databases right, right here. now. Um, and yes, uh, Peyton Manning, 2008, 2009. Mm. Okay. Uh, won it back to back. It's actually pretty interesting looking at this list and, you know, talking about Saquon Barkley as a possible comeback player of the year and MVP. No running back has won it since LaDainian Tomlinson in 2006. Wow. Which actually, th- that was back to back running backs because oh five of course was sean Alex- sean alexander so who was the last non-quarterback to win it since you have it up in front of you i i, I, I sorry I, I just said that uh, was it ladanian Tomlinson. Wow. yeah yeah it's been quarterbacks ever since so last what is that 15 years has that been and wild. i mean even even looking at at the whole list right now like i mean it, it is dominated of course by quarterbacks there's a few running backs here and there. Um, only one wide receiver ever has won league MVP. Um, that was Jerry Rice. Um, and then uh, Lawrence Taylor in 1986. Great year. Great, great year. Uh, Almost. Is the only defensive player to ever win MVP. Isn't that wild? 
Like I, I understand the quarterback is like the focal point. They're the poster boys of the, the league. Um, it's the most important position, but is there not a most important position on the D like when you got a defensive guy that dominates the way Aaron Donald dominates, it's kind of surprising that he's never actually won it. Right. Like what about taking Aaron Donald's numbers and putting all of the quarterbacks, I guess, statistics every time he plays against them and use it as like counter statistics or something like that to to prove that point. Um, I mean, if I'm picking from this list. Call me a homer if you want, but he's already done it before. I, you know, he's got the skill set to do it. You know, he's got the team around him, um, you know, improved offensive line. The big question was the wide receivers. Huge improvement there. Uh, I might even be dropping some money on Lamar. Because when he wins it, no, I didn't say if. Um, yeah, 14 to one odds are are pretty good. And I think that's where you have to. I'm not much of a better, but if you're going to give me three times the value of picking my own guy over Patrick Mahomes, why not? Why not do it? You know whose name I'm surprised wasn't on any of those lists? I was just going to ask you, is there anybody that shocks you that they didn't get on there? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's odds that can be found for this guy, but I'm just surprised he wasn't listed on any of those three kind of like no chance, maybes, whatevers. Kyler Murray. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that surprises me, especially, I mean, it, this is going to be season two with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's got AJ Green there now as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that one definitely surprises me a little bit. But uh, Especially I mean, the way the NFL is going where there's so much of this dual threat happening and guys are picking up a ton of yards with their legs. And, yeah, that, that, that's probably a good call. Yeah, I, I just also, you know, I went back and looked at uh, old MVPs and we're talking about the, the year 2012 when uh, Adrian Peterson. Oh, sorry, actually, sorry. The last non-quarterback was Adrian Peterson back in 2012 to win the MVP. It wasn't uh, it wasn't LT in 06. It was okay. Adrian Peterson in 2012. Um, I, I went to check as well to see who won the comeback player of the year in 2012. And it was the Denver Broncos quarterback, Peyton Manning, (laughs) Um, which I I guess it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, there was talks of him never playing football again because of that thing. I can't remember what it was, but some sort of some sort of growth or thing that happened in his neck or degenerative neck issue or something. So it makes a lot of sense. It would be interesting to maybe I'll I'll pick those up and post them on Twitter to see if uh, Vegas has like complete odds, because I'm sure whoever wrote the article just picked out some fan favorites or people that he thought he could get some drum up some uh, talking points around. It's actually funny because now looking again, uh, Peyton Manning then went on to win the league MVP in 2013. So comeback player in mm-hmm. 2012 MVP in 2013. Um which is it, it, it? It's pretty funny to go back and, and look at those those things. Yeah. Um. All right. We uh, were on the Bullhawks' favorite segment of the week and always. What you got for third down? 
Yeah, I've uh, sorry. I just quickly pulled up Kyler. Kyler Murray's apparently sixteen to one on some websites for the MVP. I had to look it up. Um, so yeah, this week for the third down. I mean, of course, everyone's favorite segment. Uh, you know, I, I give you a couple head-to-head matchups. You pick your your favorite. Um, I recap your picks, and you pick an MVP. And with the way, uh, you know, the the weather has been here uh, for us locally lately, it's been in the, you know, mid to high 30s, which for our American friends, that's the mid to high (laughs) 90s, low 100s, I think. You guys couldn't see this, but Chris was holding up his fingers and his eyes were like bouncing around his head and his toes came into the picture and lots of math going on. My, 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 uh. I did the undertaker and my eyes rolled backwards and um, I, 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 you know, Alan picture Alan uh, at the blackjack table in, uh, in the hangover. That's, that's what I did. And I still didn't figure it out. Just, just a guess. Um, but anyways, with, with the, the warm weather that we've had this past week, Steve, it's of course got me, you know, looking forward to thinking about summer, the warm weather. We all enjoy it. We all look forward to it here, especially where, you know, where we live in, in BC. Um, you know, we're, we're very lucky to live here. We've got some of the best weather in all of Canada. Um, so I, I thought about, you know, what, what, like, what are some of the things that we like about summer? You know what I like about summer? I like ice cream. Oh, I yeah. love eating ice cream in the summer. I actually took my we uh, we my I was talking to you about it before we came on here about how my daughter uh, went for a sleepover Friday, so we took my son for ice cream Friday night because we're like, oh, you know what, your 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 sister's getting something special, um, so let's give you something special too. Let's take you for ice cream, which um, also I would like to add. My son could have asked me for whatever the hell he wanted (laughs) on Thursday or Friday. And I would have given it to him. (laughs) If you're not sure what I'm talking about, go check out the pictures that I posted on my Twitter account at (laughs) Phillips, Chris 12, but my son is a warrior. I will say that. So anyways, um, the third down segment, I I was, you know, like I said, ice cream, we all love ice cream. And I thought I was going to ask, I'm going to find out like, What's your favorite kind of ice cream? What's your favorite way to eat ice cream? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm in, I'm um, in for this. I've I also few, love ice cream. I've got a few different uh, scenarios here. Um, so, of course, I will give them to you once you let me know. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's ice cream this up. All right. Let's do it. Third down. First matchup. I mean, of course, we've got the classic vanilla versus chocolate matchup are you going to elaborate on that or is this just like your average plain jane chocolate can it be any sort of spin-off of chocolate or vanilla or does it have to be very plain jane it is vanilla ice cream versus chocolate ice cream okay i'm going to choose with an asterisk beside it uh hagen does vanilla bean ice cream i mean they have their vanilla but i literally just before we came on here had some vanilla bean ice cream it is the best ice cream around vanilla it is 
I'm perfectly perfectly okay with that choice. Um, I mean, I was giving you just the the plain vanilla, plain chocolate. It's it's your decision to do what you want with it, right? It's your um, brain. I, I think vanilla is far more versatile than chocolate. Um, you don't add That's chocolate. True, actually. You don't add chocolate sauce to chocolate ice cream. You don't add like maybe add cherries to chocolate ice cream, but like vanilla ice cream, you can do so much with it. Like what do you do? What what kind of like you're making a root beer float. You're using vanilla ice cream. So, yeah. Okay, but Good. if you go to Wendy's and you get a frosty and you're choosing between vanilla and chocolate, what's your what's your go-to? Um when first of all, Wendy's is trash. Oh, uh, come on, guy. Second of all, uh chocolate i mean okay it, it because i'm also very much a traditionalist um which my parents will attest to ask ask uh ask my parents how i felt when uh when i was a kid and my parents tried replacing the uh christmas tree topper they tried going from a star to an angel ask them how i felt <laughs> about that um so i'm very much a tr- traditionalist um it uh so in in my mind there's only chocolate frosties. Hmm. Um, this whole vanilla frosty. I think they even have a strawberry frosty now, which I I just block Ooh. those things out. Yeah, that that sounds way too off the rails for me. Too yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Since we're talking about frosties, I have to ask you then, really, really quick, before we move on to the next matchup, do you dip your French fries in your frosty? I've tried it once. You know, I'll try anything once. It it's not horrible. It's not. It's not legendary like some people say. Yeah, it, it's like mustard on watermelon. Yeah, I still I got to try it. I got to try it. I will. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, it, it's just you have to try it. If you like it, great. If you don't, well, not also do it great, again, but you still have watermelon. <laughs> exactly. And like like I said, when I did the video, it's not one of those things that like was, you know, game changing for how I eat my watermelon. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, next matchup, we've got uh, mint chocolate chip going up against uh, chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream. Oh, oh man, this is uh... now. Now I know what our guests feel like when you know they don't want to choose between their two children. Uh, these are two fan favorites in the Fisher household. Um, when you said mint chocolate chip, I wasn't even going to listen to your other thing. And then you slipped in cookie dough and instantly I had an anxiety attack, which I'm currently dealing with at the moment. Oh, they're just so good. You know, you got like when I was a kid and I would go to Dairy Queen, I I don't do this anymore because I, I feel like they're too sweet for my old taste buds, but I would get mint everything. If I was getting Oreo, it was mint Oreo. If I was getting score, it was mint score. Um, but I'm going to go with cookie dough here. I, yeah, I know. I know. Oh, that was like picking between my two children. I'm going cookie dough though. Wow. I am shocked. And also, um, full disclosure, uh, mint Oreo is actually one of my wife's favorite blizzards. Um, wow. Yeah. I am blown, I am blown away. I didn't even think I was going to pick it. I was sitting there thinking, no, you're still going mint. No, no, it's got to be cookie dough. Like you get some of the nice, like 
cold ice cream and then you bite into a piece of raw cookie dough and you're like, oh, right. There's like two amazing things in here that are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Cookie dough. chocolate chip is my... Is that your MVP? It's my number one. Okay. It is my number one. Like, if (laughs) if I go to the ice cream store and they're like, pick a flavor, any flavor, and I'm like, mint chocolate chip. Like, that is my number one choice every time. Um, And everywhere I go, I'm like, well, maybe their mint chocolate chip will be a little bit different than the last guy. So I'm going to (laughs) try theirs, too. Like, yeah, man, mint chocolate chip is absolutely my MVP. So I am... uh, I am... I mean, you, you saw my reaction. Yeah. I'm blown away. Um, See, I'm not that predictable. Not yeah. anymore. I'm a wild not card, baby. Not anymore. Not anymore, apparently. Uh, next matchup, we have another classic strawberry ice cream versus... Now, I was hesitant to include this one because I was... You know, I prefaced this whole matchup based on summertime and how we're excited for summer and ice cream and it's the best when it's hot outside um but this is a bit of a staple in the phillips household come the month of december uh candy cane ice cream oh candy cane i thought you were going eggnog there or something um to no, my be wife honest, hates I eggnog. don't know if I have ever even tried. I'm trying to remember. I feel like I've tried it, but if I've ever tried candy cane ice cream, maybe once. Um, I feel like it would be maybe eerily similar to like a mint chocolate chip because you're getting like the peppermint of the candy cane. Um, I don't really like strawberry ice cream, just like a plain like you know when you get the neapolitan and you get some of the chocolate and then you're like man there's strawberry but there's also vanilla um strawberry's the the best one in neapolitan oh no i like the chocolate um yeah when strawberry ice cream is plain (laughs) I, i don't hate vanilla i uh yeah but one of my favorite things from Dairy Queen is a strawberry sundae, which is strawberry and ice cream. So I'm going to go with strawberry ice cream here. That is what my three-year-old picked uh, <laughs> as his ice cream when we took him to Dairy Queen on Friday. There so, we go. A strawberry great, sundae. Uh, great, great choice. Um, also, uh, <laughs> I say mint chocolate chip is my number one. Strawberry is actually probably my number two. But it, it can't just be like, I, I I will add in like you know you're asking me about the vanilla versus chocolate matchup and like what what's the catch here like it can't just be like Neapolitan style strawberry ice cream like what I want strawberry ice cream I want like something that's strawberry ice cream with like chunks of strawberries in it yeah. as well yeah a uh, couple more matchups here uh, we have the ice cream bar. So think, you know, the 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 Revelo, the Dilly Bar, hmm. um, you know that that sort of uh, ice cream bar, Dilly Bar is a classic. Um, versus the ice cream sandwich. Yeah, I knew that was coming when you said the bar. Um, I will say, ice cream sandwich 
if you are picking sort of just an everyday kind of bar. Like if I'm getting, you know, a Revel or a Fudge Sickle, me, my if my wife listens to this, she'll kill me because she loves Fudge Sickles. Um, but good thing our wives don't listen. Yeah, good thing she's in bed, she's <laughs> sleeping, she's never gonna listen to this. So, um, the ice cream sandwich though is you know, you could get a knockoff brand and it's still delicious. You got the cookie on the outside, you got the ice cream in the middle, but I'm throwing the curveball because of the dilly bar and the dilly bar alone. Um, that's a staple in our household as well. I'll, you know, you get a little 12 pack of dilly bars and kick them around there, hide them around your freezer. So your kids and wife don't see them in there. You know, you put them behind the, the brown bananas and whenever you want one, you just pull one out. It's like, well, hey, where did that come from? Oh, sorry, it's the last one. Meanwhile, you've got about 10 other ones, uh, you know, hiding in different places. Like inside the pee bag. <laughs> no, never done that. I, I, I've never done that. Um, I've only ever had a bag of peas in my freezer when I required them for something other than eating. Uh. <laughs> but that's that's the thing, right? Like. You got to hide them in a spot. And it, FYI, anyone wants to whistle blow on me and tell my wife about this. I used a spot that I don't actually hide them in because naturally she would go find my hiding spot. You got to <laughs> find something that they're just like, they're never going to go in there. Like, why are you going into a bag of, uh, I don't know, chicken, cor- frozen chicken cordon blues? You're not going in there for a dilly bar. But guess what? I am because I know one's <laughs> hidden in there. <laughs> um i agree with the take because revelos are fantastic dilly bars are legendary yeah 100 percent. and also i hate ice cream sandwiches oh that's yeah. a weird weird thing to hate it's, i'm very i'm a texture person so like oh, when right. i eat so like yeah so like when i eat like i d- don't really like bananas because i'm a texture person um, so eating an ice cream sandwich and the cookie part is soft. It just, I, I can't, I don't like that. I, I want the cookie to be a cookie. Firm. Um, you're a firm yeah. cookie guy. Yeah. Um, have you had, a, speaking of jelly bars, have you had a jelly bar lately? Last time I had one, it was like part of what makes the dilly bar so legendary is the swirl <laughs> in the middle of it. <laughs> Yeah. And the last time I had one, or last time I bought a box anyways of them, it didn't have the swirl. It was like I was right. eating a hockey puck on a stick. It came in the clear packaging as opposed to like the the white papery plasticky. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, I think those ones are done in a factory somewhere instead of, yeah, like you said, it's got the legendary swoop thing. Um, my Someone in my family worked at Dairy Queen for, for many years and uh you know has perfected the the swoop i guess you could say i'm i'm good friends with uh with the family that owns uh i think they own three of the local dairy queens here and uh so yes the the swoop is definitely part of the legend and last take on the ice cream bar um the the mickey mouse ice cream bar at disneyland also legendary oh okay Uh, i'll have to go check that out Last matchup here. Uh, simple. Cone versus bowl. 
Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so I'm a big bull guy. And the reason why I'm a big bull guy is because you don't you don't go and get ice cream to have a cone. I think that is very childish. I think that's part of the allure of an ice cream when you were a kid was this chunk of cone that you were going to eat that your hands were all over. Uh, so naturally, as I grew up or pretended to grow up, um, I'm a real boy. <laughs> I'm a real boy. No, you're the Jiminy Cricket. So, yeah, of course, <laughs> I'm the real boy in this case. Um, yeah, I started going, everything was bull, but then I moved to Kelowna and Moolix became a part of my newfound world. And for Moolix, their waffle cone alone has turned me back into a child who loves to eat ice cream cones because the, the waffle cone at Moolix and Kelowna with all of their flavors of ice cream down by the water, nothing beats it. But I will still get my kids ice cream in a bowl if we're going somewhere. <laughs> I, I will ruin their fun every time because, well, yeah, parents know. If you know, you know, right? If you know, you know. I So you're, you're picking cone there. Picking cone. Okay. I, I am very much a bowl guy as well. Um, because the last thing I want is uh, melting ice cream dripping through my cone up into my armpits. Um, wait a second. So, wait a second. How high up do you hold your ice cream? I just hold it up in the sky, <laughs> let the sun beat on it, and I just drip it into my mouth. And you're like, um, oh, man, it dripped into my armpit again. This is the worst. <laughs> I hate ice cream cones for this reason. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. Um, I've been doing it wrong so, this whole time. My goodness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're thinking. Like, why eat it when it's cold? Let it melt and drip into your mouth. It's a little warmer wow. then. You might get some in your armpit, but like, whatever. Wow, um, I had no idea this conversation was going there when we first started. It. <laughs> no, I, I'm very much a, 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 I'm very much a bull guy as well, just because. I, I guess it depends how warm it is outside as well. Like if it's like 40 degrees outside, like I'm getting a bowl cause it's melting quicker than I can eat it anyways. Um, but waffle cones are oh, absolutely, so they're, they're, I guess call them my kryptonite. If I go to an ice cream shop and they have waffle cones, like hell yeah, I'm getting, a, I'm paying that extra, you know, two bucks for the waffle cone cause they're <laughs> delicious. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been to an, another really good one downtown. Uh, no free shout outs, but Parlor Ice Cream downtown Kelowna is a, another really good one. Or if you want to go for a little bit of uh, of a drive out to OK Falls. Um, I can't think of their Tickle name. Berries. Right. Tickleberries. Yes, thank you. Yeah. They've got a location in Penticton as well. Also another fantastic ice cream spot. Um, so yeah, I will definitely take your your waffle cone answer because nothing ever touches a waffle cone but um yeah sorry kids you also are stuck <laughs> with a bowl although my daughter i mean my daughter's almost seven so she is i think last summer we actually got her a cone from tickleberries because we we're like you know what you're six or 
almost six. Um, you it's can handle. It's an ice time cream for cone you to and... learn ice cream in the armpit, kid. Yeah, Here you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think she did have ice cream in, in her armpit by the time yeah, she that, was done. That actually wouldn't surprise me if your kid had <laughs> ice cream in their armpits, but you like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, although Carter, my my three year old, he's uh, he's stuck with the bowl. But again, if Carter asked me on Thursday or Friday, <laughs> I would have got him whatever the hell he wanted. Yeah. Which I guess I'm just going to tell everybody my son got three stitches in his forehead on Thursday. I've got dad guilt. He tripped <laughs> over my leg and did a header into his nightstand. Um, again, the pictures on my Twitter. Go check it out. He's a warrior. Um, all right, Steve, let's, uh, let's recap your picks here. We've got vanilla ice cream, uh, specifically Haagen-Dazs, uh, vanilla bean, I believe it was. We've got chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, or I guess any cookie dough ice cream, but chocolate chip is kind of the, the, the classic there. Uh, we have strawberry ice cream, strawberry sundaes, I guess specifically, but we'll, we'll call that strawberry ice cream. Uh, we have the ice cream bar and sorry, Alyssa, Steve is holding out those <laughs> dilly bars on you. And Fine. last but not least, we have the cone over the bowl. Um, again, I guess specifically, specifically we're saying waffle cone. What's your MVP? Oh, this is a tough one. They, they all hold such a like dear place in my heart for different reasons. I think I'd have to go with the one that would be my go to in any situation. And I do want to pick the legendary Dilly bar. However, I don't have it as often as I do vanilla bean Haagen-Dazs ice cream. Um, when one pint runs out, you go get another one. Uh, I can't say I do that consistently for Dilly bars. So, yeah, I'm going with plain old vanilla. I'm a vanilla kind of guy, but you got to go vanilla bean. Uh, I, 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 know, I know I said mint chocolate would probably be my MVP. Um, vanilla is a great choice. Like I said off the hop. It's the most versatile ice cream on this list. Right. You can do anything with vanilla ice cream. So, I mean, I guess, does that make it maybe the worst one on the list? <laughs> that, like, so hey, the- I'm going to make I'm going to make my vanilla ice cream better by adding it all this crap to it. The um, difference, though, with this stuff and you got to go try some of this stuff uh, at some point here is. Although vanilla, you are right, it's the most versatile ice cream. This stuff is so good that you won't do that with it. Like you, I just, I've never mixed it with anything. Well, maybe actually, maybe if like, you know, somebody has pie or something like that and I've brought vanilla ice cream for it, I've had it like that. But even then, I don't really want to. I just want to enjoy that. And I'm going to have some as soon as we're done with the podcast. So what you're saying is you're lying to our listeners saying, I've never mixed it with anything. I know. Oh, but actually, I mixed it with pie. So I'm sorry that I'm a filthy liar. But I don't and, want to mix it. Uh, like, even you know while I'm doing it, I don't want to. So I bet you I will. Yeah, you you probably will. You're you're a little strange, to be honest. Um, I, I do like to add sprinkles to ice cream. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> actually, in the Phillips household, we call them sparkles. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
we we went back a couple decades there but uh congratulations on that um okay that was third down that was that was definitely a fun one that was i think that was our first non-football one but uh definitely definitely well worth it um we are on to our mailbag section of the podcast and we've got a few questions here uh from some listeners so we'll start with our buddy ted uh, you can find him on Twitter at T-E-E-3-R-E-E, weirdest Twitter handle. I don't even know, I don't know why he has that, but that's where you can find him. He's pretty funny. He's a good guy. He's weird. Um, so Great he started, dad jokes. Great dad jokes. If you ever need a dad joke follower, uh, go get Ted. So yeah. his first question, I'm going to leave this one for you because I actually don't have an Instapot. And I've never actually cooked with it. So he asks, slow cooker or Instapot? (laughs) (laughs) We we said ask anything. So he took that very literally. And and we mean it. Ask anything. Anything? Um, Anything. We will answer it. I promise. Uh, I also don't have an Instapot, though. Come on, Ted, ask us something we actually have. That is so ridiculous. I, uh, I am, I guess, team slow cooker. I really want an instant yeah. pot, but I'm I'm too cheap to go and buy myself one, especially because I already have the slow cooker. So I'm like, if somebody wants to buy me an instant pot for Christmas or something like that, sure. Yeah, that, that sounds great. So with the, gonna... with the Instapot, so I've heard it's like a game changer. Like I've heard it's, that too. It's like one of those ones where, you know, you guys telling me, oh, you got to watch Friday Night Lights. And I'm like, ah, I've Great. got other shows to watch. You know, that it's the same thing. And everyone's like, but, but it's a game changer. So that's probably where he's going with that. I might go get an Instapot. If it's we, that we big actually... of a game changer, I love food. So why would why haven't I been doing this? A couple of years ago, um, we actually bought my parents an Instant Pot for Christmas. And it's so funny because I was like, like I, we always struggle with something to get my parents for Christmas. And that year, we're like, you know, let, let's get them an Instant Pot. Like, they've been talking about it a little bit. Like, let, let's get them one. So get them one, whatever, they open it. And they're like, oh, like, this is so funny. Like, we were actually talking about getting you guys one of these, <laughs> and, uh, and 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 turns out that's probably why they were talking about it because they're trying to gauge our interest in an instant yeah. pot. Um, they haven't used it since. It is literally <laughs> still in the box. They've never used it once. It's one of those ones uh, you go over and you're like, "Can I just have this now?" Like, you're not going to use it. I'll just take it. We've almost reached that point where like, can we just like, can we just have this and try it out? Um, but I, I, I will give my parents full credit. We jumped on the uh, the the bandwagon this year of getting my parents an air fryer for Christmas oh, okay. this year. They love it. They nice. say it's like the best thing since um, a Sliced deep bread. Uh, okay. Ted's second question is, this is a football one. So we finally have a football question back to football. Anyone not thinking Tennessee's acquisition of Julio makes a major impact on the NFL is bat poop crazy. It didn't actually say poop, but, um, 
and then he follows up but how much of an impact does it make and why and i i think we kind of hit this a little bit earlier um i would just say anytime you move a game-changing piece from one conference to another i think it really shakes the entire landscape up i mean there was they they were interviewing kyle shanahan somewhere and his quote was glad he's in the afc and that's a guy that has to game plan against him all the time and i guess my other thing with that would be how much of an impact does it make uh again you had a team that was within one score of beating the ravens and then who knows what happens so um, I think it makes a huge impact. And obviously the big thing is like, is he going to stay healthy? Is he on the decline? Well, you could say that about a lot of people. Wasn't, wasn't there talks about that with Antonio Brown? Like how big of an impact really is he? He gets traded. Turns out he can still play pretty damn good football. Um, so I think it's a pretty good, pretty huge impact. Um, I just wish he wasn't coming to the AFC. I'm like Kyle Shanahan on the other side. Like, just go back. Sorry, we were sorry to try to cut you off there. Um, We can go back even further than Antonio Brown, though. Um, The Randy Moss trade in 07, right? The the Patriots paid peanuts for the guy, for a guy who was supposedly washed up, which nobody's saying that Julio's washed up. Um, He is battled injuries the last few years um but he's not washed up he's not where you know everyone thought randy moss was uh 14 years ago um before he went to new england and just blew the 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 top off um but this for sure sorry steve but this puts tennessee I think at least in the top three conversation, maybe not for sure top three teams, but they're in the conversation. And I mean, those top three teams are, well, I mean, Kansas City, again, sorry, Kansas City's number one in the AFC. So two and three are interchangeable, uh, depending who you're talking to and, and what you're looking at between Baltimore uh, Buffalo and now Tennessee. Yeah, I think, I think just, I mean, Ted said it in part of the question, if you don't think this changes the game a little bit, then you're out of your damn mind. Um, I think if you're a Ravens fan and you're like, that don't matter. Well, you're just burying your head in the sand and saying like, I don't see this problem. Like it's a legitimate problem do they have a chance? Well, of course they do. The Ravens are one of those top teams in the AFC, but I think making big plays like this obviously vaults your team further and further into those conversations. And you're an absolute fool if you think that it doesn't. And especially all those things I was talking about where they're getting a lot of players back from injury. I thought they drafted like very, very well. We're not even talking about like the later round picks, um, they picked a guy that I wanted them to get, I think it was like in the fifth round, in Des Fitzpatrick, who's another big body wide receiver, physical, fast, nasty little edge. 
Like that is what their team is. And that's the type of team that wins in the playoffs. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely, definitely concerned about it. And I think it, if you're a Tennessee fan, like you're just loving this as a run for a Super Bowl, and I think it's legit. Um, okay, our last question here comes from our buddy Liam. You can find him on Twitter at Liam Haggerty. This is a good one. I don't know if you've seen it. Who is the worst team to ever win the Super Bowl? Um, I mean, can <laughs> I? <laughs> can you ever deem a Super Bowl winner? as a bad team yes but yes you can um i may even have the same answer here give it to this is going way back to pre chris watching football the mark rippon led washington redskins (laughs) wow that's going back quite a ways yeah what led you to that just poor quarterback play or just I mean I, I I'm not gonna say I did a lot of re- research into this question <laughs> um but yeah just he's one of those like one of those guys that you look back and you're like how the hell did this guy win a Super Bowl um scenarios right yeah I mean that's that's before I really watched a lot of football so i mean the same argument could be made for the trent dilfer Ravens super bowl Um, yeah but at the same time they had a legendary defense exactly right like they had the legendary defense like everybody knows about ray lewis ed reed tony siragusa like all the guys that they had on that defense yeah ed wasn't Um, on that team okay well i'm i'm giving him that's when they had ring i guess yeah um but it's Regardless, everybody knows about that defense, right? Yeah. Everybody knows that that defense led them to a Super Bowl. Um, Mark Rippon won the Super, Super Bowl MVP. <laughs> like, so I just, I, yeah, I, I, again, I didn't do a lot of research into this question um, to really quantify my answer as to why I chose the Mark Rippon Washington Redskins. Um, but it's just kind of one of those, like, moments didn't malcolm Um, smith win a super bowl mvp too he did (laughs) undeservedly um yeah i I couldn't resist that but i will bring it back full circle for you the worst team to ever win the super bowl is anytime the pittsburgh steelers win the super bowl and so i will just randomly give it you know to give you a little shout out in 2000 what was it 2006 You son of a bitch. I don't want to talk about it, Steve. (laughs) Fine. When when they beat when they beat the Cardinals, I don't care. Anytime the Pittsburgh Steelers win the Super Bowl uh, is the worst team to ever win the Super Bowl. That was the question. They didn't say statistically. He didn't say. Tell me who the quarterback was. I, I don't care. The Pittsburgh Steelers are the worst team. They suck. Anytime they win it is the worst team to win the Super Bowl. All right, I'll, I'll agree with your Super Bowl 40 2006 Pittsburgh Steelers because they cheated anyways. Right. Um, they paid off the refs. It was the NFL swan song for Jerome the Bus Bettis. Screw Ugh. that guy. 
winning the Super Bowl in his last game before he retires in his hometown of Detroit, which why the hell they would ever hold a Super Bowl in, in Detroit. I don't know the, why the hell they would hold a Super Bowl there. I mean, they probably had half their lights burnt out in the stadium um, just to allow Jerome Bettis to win the friggin' Super Bowl. Like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, pay off the refs a little harder, you guys. Like, so Bill Cowher can win his Super Yeah, I'm going to swear, so I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> and just like that, we are out of time. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> But well, we actually are. If, if, if anybody wants to talk about that with me off air, I'm happy to talk about it because screw the Steelers. Um, as Mike Holmgren said, we knew we were, we were in tough going up against the Steelers. We didn't know we were going to have to play the guys in stripes too. So <laughs> there you go. So there you go, Steelers fans. Eat it. Don't like you um okay we actually believe it or not we actually are at the end of the episode and um again you can find us uh on twitter at ballhawks underscore pod you can find us on instagram at the same handle uh you can find us on facebook as well you can find us on youtube by searching up ballhawks podcast we are proudly part of the dean blundell network so you can find us on deanblundell.com uh, go check out some of my blogs that I wrote. You can say, hey, you suck. Um, tell me that on Twitter at SSFisher87. And I will always give you the last word here, buddy. What you got? Please, guys, go tell Steve that he sucks. Just because <laughs> I want I want to see it to have a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, Steve, um, I mean, we're, you know, joking at the at the top of the show that we're, you know, I'm waiting for just a really good reason to write my first blog post. Um, proud of you, bud. Uh, putting yourself out there, writing those blog posts, uh, letting your takes and your grammar and everything else, uh, you know, being possibly torn uh, to shreds. So good for you, man. I'm I am proud of you. So, yeah, guys, go check out Steve's blogs uh, over at DeanBlundell.com. I also want to give a quick shout out to uh, Michael Big Balls Dixon on his contract extension with the Seahawks. Uh, four year, $14.5 million extension. Could be as much as $16 million. Uh, now the second highest paid punter in the NFL after Johnny Hecker. Uh, you know, pretty good for a guy that was all pro in his rookie season. Um, which, Steve, if you don't know what the ball, big balls quote, I can't remember who they were playing again. I, I want to say it was Detroit, but I can't remember for sure. Um, it was late in the game, and he ran a punt out of their own end zone <laughs> for the first down to, like, cement the win. And uh, And after the game you know media speaking to media again they were asking him you know like oh like you know what were you thinking there and like why'd you do that and like blah 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 like did the coaches tell you to do that and he goes well i guess you could just say i had big balls um so <laughs> he's actually he's got uh you, you can go on his website he's got hats that say big dixon energy um so I, I i would order one but i probably have to pay duty on it yeah we know you're not gonna do that not gonna do that 
anyways, that is all, folks. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As Steve said, please go uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Wherever you guys want to interact with us, we're happy to chat. And as always, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com.